Welcome to the Wire to Wire podcast. As always, it's me, your host Yusuf. Now this episode is going to be real interesting, thought-provoking, and somewhat controversial. I'm joined by Latoya Sharice Hall. She's an entrepreneur with a professional background in tech. And in this episode, we discuss business, what it was like for her working in tech, and we also discuss life, dating, and relationships. Now, I can't wait for you guys to hear this one. So without further ado, let's just get right to it. Okay, so Latoya, welcome to the Wire to Wire podcast. It's great to have you on. Thank you. So wonderful to be here. (laughs) Just to kind of get started, if you want to discuss your background and uh, what it is that you do. Well, according to Sally May on the money that I owe her, I am a product designer. I um, have been working in tech for eight years now or so. Studied design in graduate school or human factor, human computer interaction basically in graduate school. And then I did graphic design in undergrad. But you know, Sally May can keep her money. She I don't know if she get her money back because I'm tired of working in tech. Okay, it is stressful. And so now I want to be not I want to be I am uh, entrepreneur. Um, and so I really want to focus on helping women primarily who are very, how would you say, like, they're just crafty. Like, black women, we out here, we will make anything. We'll make a hair oil, a body butter. We'll sell some lashes, you know, just to make a dollar. And I'm here for it, you know. But I also realize that, like, most people don't know product development very well, product management very well, the internet very well. Because let me tell you, the girls only know Instagram and internet and email. That's really it. And so I was like, well, I can come in and help you. Um, so... Uh, that's what I'm really focusing on right now. And it's, you know, I've been working on it for about three years. And so it's evolved and it's like, yeah, it's evolved. And so I'm evolving with it. So that's kind of where I'm at. And I recently am unemployed again by choice. So I can actually go full time and focus on my business again. And what was it like taking that, I guess, that leap of faith where it's like, okay, you're going to go voluntarily unemployed towards making that pivot? Yeah. So it's the second time I've done it. The first time, let me tell you, it was hard. I was over here learning. <laughs> I worked so hard for the career. I made so much money. My benefits, you know, I was like, <sighs> that, 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 that first time was really, really difficult. Um, the second time around, I'm like, screw all of you. You can keep your money. You can keep your benefits. You can keep it because I, I got it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And also the state of California actually – they have so many support systems for people who are unemployed. So it's like, you, you need healthcare? Okay, here's healthcare. So it's like my, my basic needs are actually met by the state, which I'm really, really grateful for. So it gives me a little bit of free time to, or not free time, but like wiggle room to actually focus on something that I'm passionate about. And then, you know, also I have the support of my family, which I also have before. So my family really supports me. They're just like, we want to see you happy. You know, so it's really easy when you have people who are, there to support you and also another reason why I did leave my jobs because in tech like yeah people who promote these big six-figure salaries and yeah they're there there's a lot of that you will get a big six-figure salary but what you also are going to get is stress mental health problems no life right so those things are really taking a toll on me and I said why am I going to spend all this time stressing like it's making me sick so a lot of times even now like my last job really affected my mental health because I was just to me I was just mistreated and so Every time I take a sabbatical, which I call these things sabbaticals, I'm like, like I'm taking some time off. Um, it's for me to actually like reset and rejuvenate and refill my cup because I found it very, I found every single job I've ever had in the technology industry has 
depleted me and made me feel less than. And so now going off and venturing off into entrepreneurship and just going at it full time, it's me being like, you know what? I don't need the approval of a white man. I don't need the approval of a promotion. I don't need to do all this to show uh, a company that I'm worthy of a, of more money or I'm worthy of working on a different project, right? Like I'm skilled, like I'm skillful, I'm talented, I'm smart. I got the degrees to show you, to show for it. Why am I working for someone else? I'm going to just go do what I know. What, I, I can do the same thing I'm doing for someone else who doesn't appreciate it and do it for a black woman or a woman of color outside the industry who's actually going to appreciate it, right? So that's kind of what the, it's easier the second time around. The first time around, it was difficult, but like it's a mindset shift, honestly. And that's the thing I had to really work on over the years. So far, like having done this the second time now and having that experience, right? Like what would you say is the greatest struggle that you find in terms of making this change in your life? Financial resources, I would say, you know? That's always going to be it, right? Like, America has gotten a lot more expensive in California, where I live, where I'm from. I don't, I'm, I'm kind of in and out of California, but California is exceptionally expensive, right? And what I had to realize over time when I was working on my business, so, so I've been entrepreneurial for many, many years, right? I've tried and failed, tried and failed. And then when I finally took that year off to kind of go, one, re, recalibrate, like heal my mental health from a job that really just destroyed me and work on my business at the same time, I had to realize something that one, if you have a, if you are a person that has a partner or a significant other and you both maybe made great money or, you know, one makes good money and that one can support you while you going off to do your own thing, that is a blessing in disguise, which I have never had. Right. So it's a blessing. We have a support system there to kind of keep you afloat while you're working on something and growing something. The next thing I realized is, especially right now on the, the internet space, all my business space, it's like, you see other people phone, make your first six figures, do this, do that, blah, blah, blah. I had to realize this person's probably never made six figures in their life. So you're selling me on this gimmick. And I'm like, and I was buying into it. I'm like, I make six figures, boo. It ain't enough money. So that's the next issue, right? And then the third, most people who can quit their jobs and travel the world and you know I worked in my business you're probably white okay you probably have mommy and daddy there to support you I don't got none of that my family doesn't have a lot of money so for me it's about savings like living off my savings like I I got, I got a come up story you know what I mean so I'm like I always know like my hustle entrepreneurship is going to be look, look a little different than everyone else's because I don't have the same resources that those people do and so that's that is like the biggest thing yeah, it's hard. Yeah, you're going to have curveballs. Yeah, you know, all the things that say about entrepreneurship is true. But then there's this different as aspect of it when you are not a privileged individual, whether you're privileged by way of a partner that can support you or by way of family or by way of like, um, I made my first six figures, but you probably already had a savings account that was pretty, pretty fat, you know, or mommy and daddy came through and paid your bills, boo. Or you have property, you have property that you own and you're getting some some money from that like you just didn't quit your job and then you had no income i don't yeah. i don't believe that and i talked about this on a previous episode but there's always more to the story than to be than it's mm -hmm. being told so i yep. find like a lot of these um like online group like gurus they they just kind of tell people like yeah you just gotta jump 10 toes into the yeah. water just quit your job but it's like no there has to be a strategy in place i find there has to be a strategy Mm -hmm. I find many of them, they don't tell the full story and they leave a lot of details out. Like they'll tell you, oh, here's how you make six figures, not knowing that how they made six figures is by them selling the course that they're selling you. So 
that's where right. the experience is coming from, from someone paying for that course. And yeah, I find the internet like as good as it can be, there is a lot of noise. Like you really have to be mindful when filtering through it and seeing what information you're taking in. 100%. I think as people, like eventually I'm going to have an online course, right? That's the goal. But also it's about showing up as authentic, right? Like like when I first started my business, it was just so like money, 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 money. Like people people throw money and promote money to other people because that's what we're, we're driven by, right? But then I was like, I've had the money. I've worked at companies with IPO. I got the stock option. I have a six-figure salary. I can go get more money in six-figure salaries at different companies in Silicon Valley, right? It ain't the money that makes me happy. It's my freedom that makes me happy. My happiness makes me happy, right? And if I'm going to be stuck behind a, a desk, like whether you're on your own business or not, right? You're still behind the desk, depending on how you set your business up. It can be miserable. So for me and my strategy, my, I don't even call it a strategy. It's about showing up as my whole self. Showing up as just me. Like I'm the same person at work as I am talking to you on this podcast, <laughs> right? Like there's no, there's no difference. So I'm going to show up the same way in my business. You know what I mean? Like, but that's why people like me because I just show up and I'll be real. And I just, I just be talking to people like, just be talking. like on my stories, I just be chit-chatting, blah, 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 but it brings people closer to me. You know, they feel a connection with me. Um, and that's, what's really important to me, building connection, relatability, being open and real and, and also flexing my, you know, my expertise. Cause I am an expert. I got a whole master's degree. I'm an expert. And like letting people know, like, Hey girl, like, this is hard and like, yeah, I get it because I come from maybe the same background as you. Here are some strategies that you can use that know are effective, you know, to get you from zero to 100, not real quick, but like just effectively, you know? And have you thought about like, I guess, like the target customer or the target market that you would want to work with and that you believe would like benefit from your services and your expertise? Yeah. So it's interesting because what I would have said three months ago is like, yeah, I want to focus on e-commerce. I still want to focus on e-commerce, but specifically e-commerce for people who DIY their own stuff, whether you make like greeting cards or hair oils, right. And, or whatever candles. Um, and then after talking to one of my, on my business friends, actually not in my, not her, I'm talking about my, my girl does my eyebrows. She was like, um, honestly, you might want to just focus on beauty and wellness because you're so into that. Like I'm the kind of girl, I'm going to get my nails done, my brows done, my hair done. I'm going to go ahead and get this like body contouring. I'll do it all. Right. So then it made sense. Like, oh, I should actually focus in that specific niche niche. So right now it's, I'm even doing more research, right? I think that's the biggest thing about entrepreneurship. Like it's never you you might get lucky and find that like that sweet spot but honestly having worked behind the scenes sometimes it's just a constant pivot you're you, you have a like in my, me in particular and i think a lot of people in the technology industry who want to venture out because i've had conversations with people that still work in tech that want to go into entrepreneurship and do their own thing we have these set of skills that are really useful inside of a tech company when you take it out of a tech and want to put it out there in the world you really have to find the fit and it's really it's really like finding product market fit in the wild so i'm still searching for that right i know i have to pivot i pivot a lot i have to pivot to find that right need and once i find the need it's a wrap because i know what to do but it's i'm still trying to find like where's the pain point and what's the need and it's interesting because i still get people in my dms rather frequently i feel like once maybe three times a month that are like hey i need business help uh, okay you know, I want to launch a t-shirt company or I have a makeup business, you know, so I'm interested, it's interesting to see these things coming at me because they're showing me trends and they're showing me niches that, um, I haven't, I'm, I haven't thought deeply enough yet, haven't explored yet, you know, so that's what this week is for this time off right now. I mean, it's my first day of freedom. Okay. That's one of those first days of freedom. My last day of job and my job was on Friday, this past Friday. So for me, this kind of first couple of weeks is really just 
doing research. And that's what you got to do. You got to find that market. And then once you find the market and the need, then it's like, okay, let me fill it. Yeah, because I find, especially like with business, like especially in the online space, the biggest challenge that businesses have is the marketing side of things. Yes. Mm -hmm. Many people, they just focus on like their gift or their talent or what it is they're good at or or they're really good at making the product, but then they Mm -hmm. have to figure out how to get it in front of people. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And there's also a shyness to it. See, people are shy. There's a technology piece to it. There's a lot of things that go into it, right? And if you've never worked behind the scenes in a company to know all the parts, then they're a mystery to you. And it's going to be really bumpy, you know? And so um, I just want to kind of reveal the insider stuff to help people like, okay, you need product marketing, you need ads, you need a launch strategy, you need all these things actually to get actually get your product out there and just educate people. So it's really about education, educating women so they can live free and have independence over their lives, times, and their income. Since you said the buzzword women, right? Being, yeah, seeing as like, you know, you're a black woman that you were, that was previously working in tech, now you're venturing off into um, having your own business. Yeah. If you want to like kind of compare and contrast, like what were, like what were some of the difficulties that you found being a black woman in tech? And are you finding similar difficulties in the world of entrepreneurship? You want me to talk about being a black woman in technology uh, and entrepreneurship? Okay, I know. So I think entrepreneurship it's it's different. I um, well, I'll say this: women are going to support women, and black women for sure are going to support me. So I don't feel that I face the same challenges in my entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurial journey that I did in tech. Um, I think my biggest challenge has been I am such a strategic thinker that I spend too much time strategizing on things and not executing on things. Right, and I've now I know that and I can proceed differently, but being a black woman out here in this digital space, I know I'm a win because black people, we going to support each other. In tech, oh, 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 oh my gosh. Being a black woman in tech is very difficult. One, I had to realize, I, re- I just had this epiphany the other day. I was like, why is it that when we go into these tech spaces and when we feel like, uh, or even a woman of color in general, we feel um undervalued underutilized we feel like have to for promotions and all these things i had to realize something that's because we're too fucking great like we're just so bomb oh, we got so much personality and we got so much culture that when you step into a white space they don't even know what to do with it they, they're so boring and so bland and i'm sorry for anyone who's gonna listen to this and be like i don't agree but i'm like i've worked in these industries for so long i've sat in the rooms i've been the only black woman on the team and i'm looking around and i just be like dry it's like a piece of cardboard in here like every day you know what I mean and so that is the challenge right when you are so unique and in so many ways culturally by skin tone by how you communicate by by the gumption you show up with that work I'm not every black woman is like this but we do have a different level of swag you know what I mean that you automatically become like this 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 I I don't want to call it odd bad out but you're noticed and I think those things, especially when you're not afraid to show up as who you are, right? This, your true self, as they say in tech, it, it, at least for me, I have found that me just being Latoya unapologetically has allowed non-Black people who have a view of Blackness applying all those stereotypes to me. For example, I was in a meeting at my a couple jobs ago, I was in a meeting. And I had said something like, oh, that's, that's, it, 
also in tech, they, they're always like, you can cash, you can do all these things. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, I think it would work or whatever. And this, my product manager at the time said to me, oh my God, you said hella? You are so from Oakland. Yo. I looked at her I just was stunned because I'm black or because I'm, I said hella because I'm ghetto to you. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? I mean, I communicate something. I ain't just talking to bull. I'm not just saying, I actually have observed a lot of challenges and issues before I actually, and I think about them before I say something. But when I speak, people think I'm complaining or it's not that bad. Like they, they disregard, they, a lot of people like to disregard black women's feelings and perspectives in the technology industry and probably every industry, but specifically I can speak to technology because I've worked in it. Being disregarded, not heard or unseen. And then when someone else has to be in that position and they see what I'm talking about, they're like, oh, you were right. Well, yes, yes, I was right. But I don't know why you didn't think I was right. I'm not just out here complaining just to be complaining. You know what I mean? And so I found that oftentimes, nine times out of 10, I am disregarded. I'm heard, but disregarded. You know, I'm seen, but not considered. And so I am just, I'm at the point where I'm like, this is some bullshit. The, the, the industry is full of I don't care how often they talk about diversity. I don't care how many people they hire for diversity inclusion roles at these companies. I don't care how much they do recruiting at HBCUs. I don't care about none of it because it's, it's a lie. Okay. Like you get all these black people in here and then you stick them on these teams with like one as one black person. Be like, oh, we solved the problem. No, you didn't. You actually just made a new problem. You really just made a new problem because the person's going to feel like super isolated. They don't have no one to talk to, right? So uh, honestly, I, I say this. Anyone interested in getting into tech, get in, get your money and get out, okay? Get in, get the skills, get your money, and then go find something else to do. Because it's not, to me, it's not a longevity career or industry because there is a lot of ageism in it. In, in it. And it's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. I don't know about you, but I like to relax. And tech is not a relaxing industry. Everything's on fire in tech. It's like, oh my God, you got to work on weekends. You have to work at night. Working 80 hours is not uncommon. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I don't like working 80 hours. I like working like 20, 25, like part-time. Um, and so I realized that tech is like, if you work really hard for your money and I don't want to work that hard for it. And I realized there's other opportunities to do that when you have your own business. Depending on how you set it up, you can make more money in less time. I find with tech, like one of the things I kind of, like turned me off away from it especially like when I really started researching and looking into it was a it's very cultish yes and not in a good way like it's very cultish where like you know company comes first right and like now that company becomes your family it's like okay yes and so that part kind of rubbed me the wrong way because you know I'm the kind of person like I believe I don't want to say work-life balance I believe in doing my own thing Mm -hmm. like if I'm already in this place for like 40 plus hours a week (laughs) why do I need to see why do I need to be here beyond that time like I'd rather use Mm -hmm. it go do my own thing right and then I just find it's like even to think like that is like some kind of level of blasphemy where it's like hey you can't think that yes the company has yes right and then so that aspect of it really um turned me off and then I think also there's really no room for individuality. I find like it's yeah. uniformity across the board. Like everyone has to toe the company line. Yeah. And yep. to them, diversity is just hiring more white <laughs> it's women. It's a buzzword. This is hiring. Is it white women? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I find Yo. like that's their thing with diversity 
is like they'll hire more white women and then they might hire minorities, but they're usually going to get the entry level roles just to say like, hey, you know, we hit a quota. So oh, not even that. that. When they hire black people, like people of color, right? They'll Because t- they told me this. Oh, you have potential. So we're going to pitch you in a higher role because it actually get, it actually makes them feel better when they hire people of color and put them in higher level roles than where they're at. But they'll be like, oh, potential we're gonna put you in this one let you grow into it i just be like i i potential <laughs> like what excuse me like i like i have I, I have beyond potential like i'm fine i can do this job it's not a difficult job it's not like we're doctors right so you're right there is a cultish aspect to the tech industry you live and breathe your job it consumes you they want you to fall into the mindset. I remember when I was interviewing with Google many, many years ago when I first beginning my career, and they look for people who are Googly. Like, what the hell is that? Googly. You gotta be Googly enough to work here. Like that how does that piece of criteria? So you're right. It is it is super cultish. They the diversity stuff is a bunch of bullshit, it's a buzzword. They're they claim they don't have enough people in the pipeline to fill for diversity. That's not true. There's plenty of black people who are talented and people of color who are talented and have great experience and education that can fill these roles because these jobs are not difficult. You know, so it's like you 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 did a good job doing your research and going like this ain't for me because look, it ain't for most of us. This is why the industry still has a low percentage of black people because it's not a place that's safe for us. It's not a safe industry. It's yeah. an industry where either you get either you deal with the mental health problems, the complications that come with it, like all the, just everything that comes with it. And you're like, I'm going to reach the top because that's what your personal desire is. And lots of us are just like, okay, so no. <laughs> there are other things I could be doing with my time, with my talent. And there's other industries you can work in that are just going to be much more like laid back and easygoing and still pay you as, as well, you know? And I just find like just doing your own thing is just more fulfilling. Like I find like in hundred percent. I just find that it's more fulfilling. Like yes, it's gonna probably be yes. more work, right? Yeah. In especially, the beginning, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially like when you're starting out. But I think like once you yeah. find your footing and you establish yourself and you have like a structured system in place and I think you um you find your way. Yep. But I'm interested in seeing how this journey goes for you. I know you said like this is just your first day with it, so I'm going to bring you back <laughs> periodically just to kind of check in and then see how the journey is going for you and see what insights yeah. you learn as you go. But yes, I absolutely. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, but definitely I wish you the best on this journey though. And I want to see, you know, I hope to see some progress and I want to see you thrive. Thank you. Yeah. So just to kind of pivot a little bit. So I know you listened to my last episode and I know you had some uh, thoughts or opi- thoughts and opinions on it. I don't know whether they're yes. good or bad. We'll find out now. But what were those uh, thoughts and opinions that you had? Okay, so preface. I only listened to the part about Rihanna. So let's start with the Rihanna ASAP stuff. Now, okay. when, when Rihanna came out with those initial pregnancy photos, the whole internet broke, okay? Now, from a woman's perspective, most of us don't even give a damn about ASAP. Like, I heard some news. Like, okay, actually, on that last episode, when you were talking about ASAP, got arrested or something like that was that on that episode that, that news came out after the fact i think after the fact okay yeah that one i talked about the, just that there is a rumor of like a cheating so i was just saying oh rumor okay they're cheating. Yeah. okay okay so when when the whole news dropped about asap i had to be like asap 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 isn't that rihanna's man i literally had to google it because i was like he's so irrelevant like i don't even care 
he is behind the scenes to me when it comes to Grounded Pregnancy, right? Like, that's how, to me, how forgettable he actually is because the sole, sole focus of his pregnancy is on Rihanna. Now, I told, I said, if he did cheat, there's a hope for none of us. None of us single girls out here. Here's why. If you go cheat, and we have many examples, Cardi B, Beyonce, Saweetie, now Rihanna. If you go cheat on some of these baddest bitches in the game, okay, who are beautiful, wealthy, successful, sex appeal, if you go cheat on that, where is the hope? I think the points that you're kind of touching on about like how you don't know him, I think that's the point I was trying to illustrate on why he was in the friend zone for all those years. Because <laughs> he wasn't her equal. So when she yes. was so when she was a lot younger, right? Like in her mid twenties, yeah. right? And the DMs are going crazy, she's gonna look at who is on her level or who is better. I find, yeah. you know, from experience and just like observation, I find like that's kind of how women like that's their I guess mating strategy if you want to call it that it's they want someone equal or better yes there's the whole concept of like I think man that's equally or like doing better than me right I think like that piece because I used to think that too and I was like okay that to me seems challenging to find like that just seems really not that, I, not that I'm like the best out here. Like I'm just like the highest in the in the land, right? Like that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like find a man that's like he has because a lot of women be like he didn't have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. He needs to have a great job, six figures. He needs to be six feet tall. All these things that like, you make this long laundry list of criteria, right? Finding someone who's equally yoked and matches that criteria. Then you have to realize like that's in the middle of a haystack, or he might be married, or he might not even be attracted to you, you know. And then and then tap on like being black. In my case, like being black, like it's really difficult to find that. And so to your point, right, about he was in the friend zone and Rihanna being like, girl, talking to yourself like, girl, I am 33, 34. I am a billionaire. I just want a baby now. I've been, I hit my goal. I want a baby now. Who can I get that's like, he don't need to be great. He don't even need to be like my level. He needs to be a decent man that wants to have a baby with me. And I think another example we can see of this is Candy from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Okay. Candy Mary Todd, because I'm sure you know Candy, right? Like, I, honestly, I don't really watch these. Lord, okay, okay. <laughs> Put it this way: Candy is very wealthy. She's uh, she was in Escape, I think, the girl group Escape, and she's written a lot of songs for a lot of celebrities. So she's she gets her money from royalties, and she has a lot of businesses. Her husband was just like a camera guy or like an accountant, right? before they before they met now obviously he he's brought into the fold of her ecosystem her empire but you start to realize especially in Rihanna's case like I don't need the man that's at my level I just need a man that's like decent not trash you know that's like a decent guy that wants to have a family you know you start to change your perspective a little bit I think that's what's happening has happened with Rihanna but I also saw interviews with her where she said like she's gonna have a baby whether a man was there or not you know so I think but it was kind of like well, there's a guy and he's still into me. Let me just go pluck him and, you know, make something happen here. And that's usually what happens, especially like in the current market, like in the marketplace, yeah. I find. Yeah. That's usually what happens because the reality is that there's no shortage of attention out there, yeah. especially females. Like, I don't think there's ever been a time in history where women have gotten this level of attention the way they get now. Social media. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's true. Like all these dating apps, like they're usually like statistically, it shows that they favor women more than they favor men, just in terms of like, just from a numbers standpoint, they have a lot more options, right? We know like psychologically too much options is not a good thing. Like too much choice makes it actually harder yeah. to make a decision, right? 
So I yeah. find that's like, that's what creates a lot of confusion. Yeah. I found like with Rihanna's situation, like obviously I don't know the lady personally, but I have enough understanding that I could be on the outside looking in and I can get an idea and say, okay, this is what happened. And I can give like a play by play. And then it turns out that way. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think this whole idea of like finding a guy, okay, who makes six figures, six foot, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're looking at less than 10% of the U S population. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> right. Like, which kind of begs the question then, why is it that average women just don't want to go for an average guy? Because a lot of average guys complain that, you know, the average woman just doesn't, they feel invisible, right? This is what guys complain about and this is what they say. So, you know, average women, like, if they go for an average guy, it's probably less likely that they're going to get cheated on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Well, partially true, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's less likely because, I mean, they're not in high demand, <laughs> I guess, quote unquote. Uh, there's not as much temptation that would be there because, you know, women wouldn't be throwing themselves as much as opposed to the guy <laughs> in the top yeah. percentile. Yeah. And then, you know, from a time aspect, you'd probably be able to spend more time with a guy like that than a guy who is making all that money and just really just doesn't have the time because he's so busy doing other things. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? So I have dated a wide range I have dated like the well be uh beyond average looking guy like drop dead gorgeous mm-hmm. and then I've dated like the average guy right and I think there's there's no a man gonna cheat if a man wants to cheat it don't matter if he's good looking or not so that's my perspective and as as a woman so I want to address that first thing next I think that so even if you're an average looking guy it's about where you are in life like as a man to determine whether or not you're even going to be seriously dating the average looking woman and I think that's that is to me sometimes a disconnect like I think I'm cute you know I'm not like I'm gonna talk myself down I'm cute okay (laughs) but like right so I just be like what is going on like I've talked to some guys who are just like you okay you know and there's still games there's still a lot of drama not drama but there's just but just like this this not consistent you know they're it's just a lot of bullshit you know and it's just it's disheartening so I don't know if there's actually like any real base to like whether you're average looking or not yes if you go for a man that's like really really attractive every woman wants him you're gonna run into some problems I've I've had that like run into some issues but then again I've talked to some average guys who had girlfriends didn't even tell me I didn't know who's talking to me and here I got girls blew up my line talking about and I'm like wait I just was I'm an innocent person here you know your average guy was talking to me so I just I'm at the point with dating I'm like there is no there is no rules like there's no right way there's no right rules there's there's nothing there's I feel like it's just luck there's it's consistency and luck you know you have to keep trying to keep trying and keep trying hopefully you meet the right person but it's also about like showing up to these new dating like these new people that you're meeting and be like what are you what are you looking for like what do you actually want so you don't actually get too deep and be like you was trash bro you know i think a lot of it is luck i think um it also depends on it depends on what you're looking for and how like just like how specific you are looking for it like you know what specific things you're looking for right like i find like a lot of times both men and women like they just really don't know what they want or (laughs) yes this is true when you're going into something with no 
idea of what you're looking for, it starts to feel like a chicken with its head cut off. You're just running, but you have <laughs> no like aim and no direction, right? Yeah. I think to be honest, like I think a lot of times there's a lot of self-awareness. I think that mm-hmm. kind of like play a role. A hundred percent. I always think about like this joke that Dave Chappelle said one time, but he was basically saying like, you know, some guy will be outside of like some guy will be at a club and then like the bouncer won't let him in. And then he's like, oh, but I have all the right clothes. I'm wearing all the right things. Why won't they let me? He's like, hey, you have to figure that one out on your own. And the joke behind is like, you know, the guy's just not attractive enough to get in the club, right? So I think like, I don't think in your case, I don't think it's a looks issue. It could be something like maybe something else, right? Like maybe a lot of times, like, because you strike me as someone who has a very strong personality. <laughs> and then for a lot of guys sometimes they, it could just be something that they want someone that could be a little bit more softer and this is the problem right like that is I, they think it's, I don't know right I don't know and it's so interesting you say that right because like what it could be I've actually had guys tell me sometimes and sometimes it's that so, okay let me back up it's not a personality issue because I came off as like bubbly and like talkative right like mm-hmm. there's no low moment with Latoya I just be t- chit-chatting you know but what I have been told is like, you seem too busy, right? Like, and this is definitely when I was like in the beginning of my career, I was like, when I was caught up in that cult culture of tech, right? I was like, I gotta do this. I gotta get, you know, hustle, hustle, hustle. And I, I would probably be physically present with the guy, but not mentally present with the guy. So I would come off as like, oh, you're just way too busy. Or if I'm on the go, or if I'm just out and about, you know, I think it's not, it's, I don't think it's even intimidation. I think that, sometimes it could be a guy seeing my life or just seeing how I move right and just my outspokenness and outgoingness and there maybe it, it, it you're right maybe, maybe right maybe it's intimidation but like a shyness right mm-hmm. or like man I, I can't I can't measure up to that I've had guys where like I admire you so much I literally had a man tell me that I admire you so much I think you're so beautiful I want to cook for you and I was just like what <laughs> but then there's there's then there's never the like but let me take you out. Let me, let's do this. Let's do that. Right. And I think there's just like, that's something to do with me. Right. That has to do with them. It's a them problem, not a me problem. I, I had to realize I, I used to be the girl, especially in my twenties where I would be like, what's wrong with me? There's something wrong with me. I couldn't understand. And then I had to realize like, actually there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, you're not gonna be a good fit for everybody, but sometimes it's the man, like they, I'm, the man has to feel secure in his own emotional space. I'm not even asking for a whole lot. I'm not asking for you to be six feet. I'm not asking for you to make six figures. I'm not asking for you to be none of these like checklist stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I'm asking you to be consistent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like basic human things, like being a good moral valued person. But that is an emotional space and awareness, right? And a lot of reflection and a lot of growth that a man has to go through. And a lot of men, not just men, people, even women, they don't want to do the hard work of working on themselves. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think it, uh, both sides play a role in it. Mm-hmm. I think what happened is like both sides have kind of gotten away from their sense of self. So mm-hmm. I think amongst men, I think there's like a masculinity crisis. I don't know if it's like they don't want to be masculine anymore because they don't see the value in doing it or if they're just conditioned to not be anymore. Like I can't quite figure it out because I do know like in society, especially as of late, there's really a whole thing about toxic masculinity. So mm-hmm. guys don't know where to draw that line of being masculine when it can become toxic. So I think they just all together said, okay, rather than think about it, I'm just not going to do it. And then I think mm-hmm. with women, like with femininity, 
I think they've mm-hmm. kind of steered away from it because whenever like there's a woman that's considered like soft or feminine, like sometimes they equate that to being, you know, naive. They're kind of discouraged in a way from being feminine and they're more encouraged to like be that boss babe, you know, like be that woman that has those masculine traits, right? So I find as more sides go into like these, they move away from these character traits, I find that it creates more difficulties in the actual dating space. So I can never talk about male masculinity, right? I'm not a man. But I can speak to the woman part, right? Because that was me at one point, the boss, babe, Miss Independent. And I think that when I said to you, like, oh, men say you seem too busy, right? That, that was that coming out. That was that, that masculine energy of just like work, killing my career, blah, 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 blah. And it, I'm, other, other women will tell you, it takes a really strong man to like be with a woman like that. It's, I, I don't believe that, right? <laughs> I had to realize that like, you need to soften up a little bit, right? And I think there's a balance. There is a balance of like femininity and daintiness and, you know, softness that women can project and also, and not just project, just have, but also still be that go-getter girl. And I, and I think this is, it's like code switching, right? It's like, you can go ahead and like be a girl that goes after her dreams, whatever that is, whether you want to kill it in your career or whatever, and you turn it off and you come back to your partner or when you're out in the scene, it's like, I, you know, I can be a feminine and be girly again. And that's what I had to realize. I felt like I wasn't being girly. I was all these tech t-shirts I didn't really do my hair my makeup anymore right I was I was falling into this cult-like culture this this masculine and that's why tech is this masculine energy everywhere it's masculinity everywhere so you fall into that to flip fit in and blend in and then you and then you go out and try to date and you just be like why is this not working like why you know why do I feel uncomfortable or awkward here the challenge I think the challenge is when you are smart I don't think it's being boss babe I think it's just being smart <laughs> When you're smart and a woman and you can actually keep up with a man in a conversation, I think on, on the topics they want to talk about, whether it's money, technology, sports, you know, like these masculine, some, some masculine topics that can either turn a man on or make him be like, Ooh, like threatened. Right. Because they don't expect a woman to be like, keep up with talking about like crypto or things like that. But again, that has nothing to do with the woman. That has to be everything to do with the man. <laughs> Like that is his 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 fragileness and his masculinity. Now, when you talk to the this part about men being less masculine, remember you talked about that last week. I was just like, I don't understand it. Like, I don't get it. And I can you talk like you and your friend were talking about like the whole like men showing up on social media and then the whole social media thing. And now that you said that, I I I look and I'm like, yeah, there are a lot more men on social media who are garnering the likes who are doing the dances, <laughs> like, yeah. this is, this is a thing, um, and you're right, it is causing this divide, because I feel, in a way, sorry for men, because you're right, you don't, when it comes to feminism, right, and, like, towing the line on that, it's, I find it's, like, difficult, it's probably ch- challenging to navigate, right, because you don't want to, like, make a woman feel like you're a misogynist, right or maybe like you just understand women's problems at the same time it's like well instinctually I'm a man's man I'm a man right so you're right what do you do with that you just be like okay I'm gonna suppress this target and I'm just gonna show up in the world just do 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 and like it doesn't matter you know and it's like okay so this, this we could talk a whole episode on just this one topic right like you're right it is problematic it's problematic and I told I told my friend Saudi like 
there's just a gap. There's a gap now. And it's really hard to fill that gap because the two sides are posing now. They're posing and yet they still want the traditional aspect of each side. Women really, you know, you know, boss babe, quote unquote, boss babe women still want that traditional man. Mm-hmm. But that traditional man ain't showing up. He's he's different now. He's the modern day man. The modern day man still wants a traditional woman, but she ain't traditional. <laughs> so I, I like earlier how you kind of talked about like, you know, what, like realizing that you had to become more like feminine because that's what I was trying to allude to when I said, you know, you just had to become, I think, a little bit softer. And this is the thing with like that, like the, the career working thing, right? Is that especially in an industry like tech where it can be very cutthroat, like I find tech yes. and finance, especially they're very cutthroat industries, right? By default, when a woman goes into those kind of industries, she's going to have to adopt masculine traits. And Absolutely. That, but that's how she's going to ensure her survival within the company. Mm-hmm. But the hard part is turning that off. Yes. Dealing with, with a man at that point, right? And I yeah. think, like, with men, like, they're constantly being reinforced messages like, oh, you know, masculinity is toxic, masculinity is toxic, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know how true this is. I have to look this up for myself. But from what I've heard, like even places like the UK, like for a guy to just cold approach a woman and just ask her out out of thin air, that would be considered harassment. So I can I can get the I, I can get the idea of how something like that might be considered a harassment if the guy is bothering a woman. But at the same time, you know, this is how people used to interact with one another, right? So I think mm-hmm. it's just like respectfully and calmly just going up to a woman, just introducing himself. She's not interested. She could just reject him. Mm-hmm. And then now it's up to the guy at that point. He just has to take the rejection, keep it moving. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's things like that, that kind of make it difficult, I guess, for like men to be considered men. And I think, yeah, social media has been more of a hindrance than it's actually been helping because now, yeah, a lot of guys are getting involved in these challenges and they're doing these dances. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. like, it might seem funny and it might generate you a lot of attention, but what kind of message are you really sending off? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it's interesting how you talk about like, like the, the concept of just a man approaching a woman, right? That, that's, that's just the traditional traditional way of doing well no no I mean that's not traditional way of doing things it's like a more modern traditional way of doing things right um and that's interesting like you know that in some places that's considered harassment and look the feminist about to come for me when I say this but sometimes I'm like femin- feminine feminism it's it's someone's doing us harm as women like the, the extreme feminists right it's okay to be about women and women power but Again, to your point, how do you turn that off um, and find the, the, the delicacy and the softness of being a woman? And that's also a really amazing part of being a woman, too. And I had to learn that. Like, I was the kind of girl that was like, look, I'm going to lift this box. I don't need you. <laughs> I don't need you. And then I hurt my back, and I was like, oh, I need a man. <laughs> right? And then sometimes it's like things like that. And so also knowing that men like to be needed that's another big thing men like to be needed and so it's 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 a it's not, I'm not gonna say we're a lost cause because I think there is a shift I think there's a shift in America specifically where people want to go back to traditional culture and traditional values but we but then there's also the other side that's like no we want to keep this like modern day of living but sometimes this modern day 
really just edgy way of living that we have right now is just really it's challenging it's challenging it's complicated it makes everything much 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 more complicated in our society and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with people who choose to live in this complicated world but as i'm getting older i'm like less complications more simplicity right like dating should not be this difficult the way it is right now but social media makes it easy for men to have many options, not show up the way they need to show up for women or show up half-assed. And that's okay because at the end of the day, there's some woman who would take a half-assed man just to have a half-assed man. No, no, just to have a man in general. So do you believe Mm -hmm. that social media has been more of a benefit for men than for women? I think it's equal. I really do think it's equal. Um, Depends on what each, each partner, each person wants. I think men, all they gotta do is just search. There's plenty of girls online that are like pretty cute, posting all the selfies, all the filters, all the, you know, alluring photos. Cause girls now they just post their naked body. Girls, you know, you've, I, I've scrolled and seen butts and boobs and I just be like, okay, well, this is the time we live in. If that is what many can find in within seconds, why, why commit? You know, like, and it's strange because guys will deal with those women, but they won't form like long-term relationships with those women. Of course. So of it's course like, not, right? So it's, yeah, it's very strange. Like I find that, like I find that both sides will eventually come to the inevitable conclusion that they both need one another. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know because it's easy to say that, right? But then you think about like, for example, women who want to have babies and they can't find that person. There's many women out here who are just choosing to have a baby as a single mom and just find it, you know, get the sperm donor, you know, and then boom. Mm-hmm. And at that point, there was no man. Like, there was no need for, um, okay, there is a need because you need the sperm, but there's no need to have, like, a partner there to, to make this baby happen. So I find it hard to believe that we're going to get to people realize, oh, I need you. We need each other. I think it's maturity. I think it's life experiences. I think it's realization that like you get old and like one day you just ain't that guy. Like you ain't it. You ain't that girl no more. You ain't that guy no more. There's a next generation beneath you that is that person. Right. They're, they are the coolest thing. Like I'm dealing with that right now. I'm like, no, I am not Gen Z and I don't know what's going on. And I'm not cool anymore. <laughs> so let me move on. And also for me specifically, not to like turn down the mood here, but like my grandma's aging, right? And so I'm seeing what being looking old and being old feels, not feels like, but what's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. So why the hell would I want to be alone? No. And I think these, these are some realizations that people come to. I think another thing that makes people realize, oh, I need someone is when your friends around you start coupling up too. Mm-hmm. Then you become that one single person and you're like, uh, okay, I need to find somebody, right? Because I ain't trying to be out here solo bolo all the time. All my friends got kids now, they're married. And that does it. So I think it's just natural life progression, um, maturity, and this also realizing like, yo, my life is not infinite. My life is temporary. And so I'm going to age. I want to make sure I have, at least for me, I want to have someone there with me by my side as I age or ability to have kids with someone and have some kids take care of me if that's even going to be an option, you know? So I think, I think there's a natural realization like, oh, I need someone. But I don't think it's our whole society that's going to wake up and feel that. I think that's just a natural thing that happens biologically in maturity. I think something has to take place. Like, it's strange because both sides, if you listen to them, they all say the same thing, right? 
Like they all have the same complaints. They're all having the same struggles, <laughs> but yeah. no one is finding nobody. So there is a disconnect somewhere and it's very tough to, it's very tough to pinpoint. So I think it's going to take, you know, both sides being accountable, both sides doing the work and both sides being honest. Who needs to do more work than the other? It's tough to say. <laughs> you know, I couldn't, yeah. I yeah. couldn't really definitively say, like, I'm not going to say, oh, it's all women's fault, but I'm not going to also say it's all men's fault. Like, I would say it's both sides' fault. It's both sides. Yeah, I agree. It's both sides. I think it's just, I don't know, we live in a really crazy world because, you know, sometimes I, okay, so I love female rap. I'll be out here in my car like, ah, I'm that girl that, with like Cardi B comes on or like Mega Sign comes on, right? But when you listen to what they're talking about, they're not actually promoting to go get a man, yeah. right? They're promoting like, girl, you can do it on your own. I don't need a man. You can do this, you know. That's the information that we consume and process and we, li- we listen to this music and believe um, to an extent. And so there are girls, I mean, even being in college, I remember having friends who'd be like, oh, no, I didn't, I didn't sugar that. I said, someone come in and pay for this. Um, I'm just going to sleep with him. I don't need nothing else. I'm just going to sleep with him. It's very transactional. I find that that, that behavior hasn't stopped. If, if, if anything, it's, it's amplified now. You know, and you don't have to go too far to, to know that. YouTube will tell you that. Girls will be on YouTube telling their whole dating life. Tell you what they're looking for. You know, like they don't really want anyone serious or, you know, I just want to be taken out to eat. I'm just going to this date so I can get some free food. <laughs> so men, I feel, I feel for guys. And also another disconnect is like, the pressure of the first date okay there are still girls who like you need to take me out to eat we need to go to a nice restaurant blah blah blah, blah. and for a man i can see a man being like yo this is expensive dating i don't even know if i like you yet why don't you go to this expensive restaurant so there's there's little moments of disconnects right so i think both i think both sides have to align on like what a good like just 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 find that middle ground right so you so you can actually meet halfway and also just being open people are not really closed off we're really individualistic we you know um i find that just allowing myself to be open be be more willing to take a risk mm-hmm. it can set me up for some tears right but it also can set me up for really great experiences i think that's the change that people have to come through like take a risk you know don't be lazy make effort you know and going with the good intentions like we have to to me i think we have to go back to like traditional moral value in a way you know like i agree like (laughs) just to to, for the sake of the population for the sake of procreating right Mm -hmm. because everyone wants a baby all these girls i want a baby how do they don't get that if they don't get a man you know like (laughs) so it doesn't actually add up yeah so i think i think we have i think we have a long way to go before we get there but both like you said both sides really do have to make some compromises yeah i do agree I definitely uh, do agree with that. Like, I think there has to be some kind of traditional values yes. that people can be guided by and like go by when making these decisions. Because right now, like, there's really a heavy promotion of like, yeah, hookup culture. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. The same way, like these women, they have this fascination with like Cardi B and you know having like you know hot girl summers and doing all this stuff, like. <laughs> I'm equally fascinated, like, when I see guys with their obsession with future and wanting to be toxic like him, right? But these are the people that society is pedestalizing Mm -hmm. and making it seem like, okay, this is the way you have to be. But, like, they don't tell you. Or what's always left out of the equation is Cardi B is married. Nicki Minaj is married with a kid. And 
Megan Thee Stallion. I think she's in a relationship. So these girls are not living what they're promoting, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And people forget that this stuff is just entertainment. It's just there for sure. Yeah, it's literally, yeah. So, Mm -hmm. like, when you see an actor kill someone in the movie, they didn't kill someone in real life. It's just, it's a movie. They're playing a role. That's what these celebrities are doing. So stop stop taking what they say so seriously, right? But... You know, people listen to the stuff and then they take it as like the gospel and then they run with mm-hmm. it. It's not conducive for what society needs to propel forward. Yeah, it, I agree. But it's entertainment, right? What makes money? Money sells. I mean, well, not well, the money does sell, but um, like the, the, the type of things we're consuming, that's what makes money. Right? But we look, you have to understand, right? Like there's what they're talking about that make them that we listen to and there's also at the business level they're like you have to talk about these things because that's what makes us money right so if if any of these female rappers ever came out with a song about i love him we don't want to hear that you know what i mean like there's there's actually like a natural embedded anger like it's almost like we're angry or unhappy as a culture we enjoy that because we keep listening to the same thing these songs all talk about the same thing they're just wordsmithed differently. But if you think about it, they are speaking to our traumas and our, our, our anger and like, like our soulless selves. <laughs> they're not things that like we want to, my life being like, like I love, well, you know, I love me some Cardi. I love her. But some things she be talking about, I'm like, girl, but you got a, you got a whole big house. You got a mansion. Relate with you, no matter what you're talking about. And sometimes I have to stop myself. I'm like, listen, now I love female rap, but sometimes I'm like, let me turn this shit off because this is poisoning my mind. I need to listen to some love songs or something. But also, also, this is a genre of music. It's one genre, okay? So if it's only one genre, what are the other genres saying, right? So like, is this a is this an issue with just in the black community where we're not finding our persons because? Also, a lot of people find their people. Yeah, like this is a very deep conversation, and I do believe that this is something that is purposely done within the black community itself. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Because you know, if you look at certain like other cultures, right? I've never heard Jackie Chan ever speak about the issues that affect the Chinese community. <laughs> they have no. They have designated people that will deal with that. Do they have mm-hmm. issues in that community? I'm sure they do. They're of course, humans, right? But yeah. they do a good job of keeping it in-house. Mm-hmm. The problem with our people, one of the many problems that I have, is that we let too much external ideologies that are foreign to us enter yes. our culture. So one of them mm-hmm. being, I would say, like feminism, right? <laughs> what it's done in a way is it's... Because feminism, if you look at it historically, was never really designed for Black women to thrive. Mm-hmm. Like black mm-hmm. were actually pur- purposely forced out of it, right? But... It's something that has been brought into our culture. And I think what it's been done, it's been used as a way to manipulate that tension that exists between Black men and Black women and it's keeping them apart more than it's helping them actually come to the table and work on resolutions, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think just the fact that, and I have nothing against, you know, I have nothing against like athletes or entertainers or anything, but when they're positioned to be thought leaders in the culture, I find that to be very problematic because yes. they're not qualified to speak on the issues. A hundred percent. 
Yeah, like Jackie Chan does not speak about Chinese issues. You don't hear Bollywood actors. I'm sure they have personal opinions on it, but they've never spoken out as, as advocates. But then yeah. for some reason, an athlete or a singer can suddenly have the license to talk about the black community. It's like, why do these people have to be the, the mouthpiece for us? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why don't we have people in academia that can actually go out and speak to the issues? Why are we, why are we looking to guys that play sports to do that? I think it is something that they purposely do within our community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's I, like we idolize these people, right? Like we put them on this pedestal, like you said, and like we worship them to an extent. And I think that is part of the problem. And it, there's, there's, this is such a deep topic, right? There's so many aspects that to, to why our community is like this, but you think about an athlete, right? Like, Little kids, little young black kids, depending on how you're growing up, you might look at athletes and be like, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to grow up and be like Stephen Curry, right? I want to grow up and be this. I want, you know, because you, your environment may not expose you to anything else. So, yeah, you use Steph Curry in, in these prominent roles in these different ads or whatever it is to reach the young minds, to reach the passionate people who idolize this person and and pass your message because that's how you're going to reach that person if you try to get a scholar from uc berkeley or stanford whatever to come talk about whatever issues that these celebrities be talking about it's not going to get through so it's, it's a marketing play you know what i mean so at the end of the day it all comes down to business everything about this country everything about any aspect of this world is making money period especially in america making money you know, I'm going to pay, you know, how, how much does celebrity want? Okay, here's your money for this endorsement to show up in my commercial. But I'm actually going to make three times what I just paid you, you know what I mean, by, by, by way of circulating your voice around. And so it is, it, it is, to me, a way of controlling the Black community at the end of the day. It is keeping us in a certain level, keeping our minds, mindsets, and minds at a certain level so that we don't, like, actually achieve or 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 get married or have kids or you know start our own business whatever it is it it is everything is about everything about what we consume as black people in our black culture is is strategic to me yeah i agree like i think when you have families it starts in the household and then those households Mm -hmm. become communities and then that community eventually grows like grows right Mm -hmm. but what they're doing is using you know like i think music and mass Mm -hmm. media as a way of manipulation right and i think yeah that keeps people operating on a much lower level Mm -hmm. that we see unfortunately happening in our community that you don't really see happening within other communities right and it kind of goes back to what i was saying like with the whole masculinity and femininity thing Mm -hmm. because a lot of cultures now are doubling down on these things and you know enforcing masculine images amongst their people Mm. right so like for example in china like they've instituted laws where like now on media and television and stuff you cannot show images of men in a non-masculine way and they're actually introducing masculinity Mm. into their curriculum because they understand that these things can become a crisis Mm -hmm. if you look at at what's happening now here Mm -hmm. especially like within like a western context like we're yeah. seeing the direct effect of it here, right? Yeah. So it's, these things do matter. And I think the content that we consume, I think it does matter. I think the music that we're listening to and putting into our subconscious, like these things do matter yeah. because mm-hmm. yeah, it might sound good. It might be entertaining, but 
the long-term effects are, it's far more harmful than it is beneficial. Yeah, but this, you know, I, I agree to an extent, right? Because I think about, like, masculinity. This is tough because I also think, when you think about the LGBTQ community, you think about a gay man, like, his masculinity. Like, for example, remember when Harry Styles wore that, like, skirt on the cover of a magazine and, like, the whole Western world were crazy? Yeah. Right? It's, it's images like that. And I'm not saying those images are wrong, and I'm not saying that they're right, but I'm saying that there's just Western, Western, our acceptance of inclusivity and like you can be whatever you want in this country is a beautiful thing. And it's, it's about people in different communities that have had to hide themselves so comfortable being themselves. I love that. The result of that is the confusion, the, the, the threat to masculinity and femininity too right like it, it's on both sides and so it is a complicated world well let me say it's a complicated country <laughs> let me rephrase myself a complicated country and we are bickering amongst ourselves from politics all the way down right trying to figure out these things trying to trying to exist in this new world and make sense of it and it's just it's tough because we're putting rules and regulations we're banning things that's right like so in some ways i feel like for a couple of years now there's part of the country there's part of people here in the western world that want to just just go forward and everything's open and diverse and you be who you ever whoever you want to be okay and there's a strong side of the opposition coming through being like no and they've been silent for a long time. They're like, oh, hell no. And this is why we're seeing all the things we're seeing in the media, in the news, in the politics. They'll be like, oh, no, because we like our traditional values. We like the way things used to be. So it's just, it's friction. It's friction. They don't fit. They're literally like two different, two different types of people that can literally live in two different countries, living in the same place, trying to like cohabitate together. It just doesn't work. And so I think this is, part, this is the problem, right? And so I think it's just, it's just, it's just a cluster. it's too much polarization right yeah it's it's too polarizing yeah there's too much polarization where it's like now it's like you're either this side or this side right and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think for me like what i find challenging is okay like what about someone like me who i don't identify myself as like someone who's liberal or i don't identify myself as someone who's conservative i'm not yeah i'm not any of those things like i just look at things on a case-by-case basis right Mm -hmm. so However you want to identify yourself, like, you know, that's your choice. Like, your identity is your identity, right? But I think for the faction of society that, you know, tends to uphold more traditional values, I think, you know, that's really kind of who I gear my message towards. I mean, when I talk about masculinity, I'm kind of talking about it from the sense of, like, you know, like, hetero, intersexual dynamics. Mm-hmm. So I can't mm-hmm. speak to those other communities. Maybe they have their own crises going on. Oh, who knows? I don't know, right? Yeah. I don't speak on those things. But there's a lot going you know, on. It's a lot going on. And it's so interesting you talk about, like, being liberal versus conservative, right? Because that even comes back into dating, right? It's like, you can't be of the opposite. Like, you, it's, it's, I would find it be very difficult to date, to be whatever you want to consider yourself, however you identify politically, and then date someone of the opposite political side of the spectrum. Right, it's just we're so polarized, and we're so just so far apart, like polar ends of the spectrum, that some of us in the middle we can't even find each other. Some of us in the middle that would actually be great partners together, we over here like, where are you, bro? Because we're actually so far in between. Because some people, there's so many people that are choosing, they're choosing to 
identify in one or the other. I'm like you. I don't really fall on either side. I, I feel like I'm in the middle. I'm very much in the middle. And so I've been looking around like, bro, where is that like, just, just out here? Like, we just, we're just normal people. We want to live a normal life. Okay. Have some kids. Have a dog. And buy a house. You know, we're not trying. We're not trying to do too much. We don't feel strongly either way about things. You know, that I feel like it's really difficult to find. And it also depends on where you live, right? In California, I, I talk about people are hating when I say this, but California is full of fakest liberals I have ever yeah. in my life. Okay, and so that's why I'd be like, every kid I'm like dating here is very difficult. For me, it's very hard. And I'm just like, I can't relate with you. First of all, there's no black people. We have a very small population in California. Not that I'm only date black, but as I've gotten older, I'm like, dude, that's the easiest, that's easy for me because culturally we can relate, you know, you get it. But then at the political level, which I'm talking about politics, like that, it's, it's inevitable it's going to come up. It's like, yo, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. It's, it's a no for me, you know? Um, and so again, these, it's complex. It's challenging now because there's too, there's too many factors beyond just the simple traditional factors that they used to be to date someone and have it be worked out because someone will write you off just because of your political nature, it's right? True. Like, oh, you're a Republican? Oh, I can't date you. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's you, you, don't, you don't like LGBTQ community? Oh, I can't date you. It's so crazy that how, polarized, like how polarizing it became because on one hand, it's like, hey, you know, we live in a democracy, so everyone's free to support with who they want and, you know, <laughs> yeah. their freedoms, right? Then it's like, oh, you mm-hmm. don't agree with me on this? Oh, no, you're a bad person. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So it's like okay. Which where do I you, think it's like the irony of that. Like so, it's like where do you draw that line? <laughs> like it's bizarre, right? So like we're open. Everyone, you love everybody. Just be yourself. But oh, you like this person? Oh no, Mm-mm. it's not for me or you. You know? Yeah. No, you're right. Where do you draw the line? And so, guys, it's, it's just it's just a division, and I don't even know what the right answer is. Um, actually, I do know what the right answer is. Leave America. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Legit, I was in Colombia for like the last three months and it was like the most amazing three months because I just wasn't caught up in it. You know, I was able to even just feel like I can breathe and not feel like the all pressures and challenges of, of American society that, that, that exists without you really noticing, you know? Yeah, I think that's it's subtle. Been, yeah, I think that's been the um I think the biggest lesson that a lot of people learn, I think, the past couple of years is that you know, when, once you kind of step outside, once you kind of step outside of the Western world, mm-hmm. you realize that there's a different kind of life there. And I yeah. think like there's more, like there's more traditionalism, you know, there's more yes. family values that are mm-hmm. in society. But yeah, yeah. it's what? nice. It's nice to see. It's nice to exist in. I think the challenges outside the U.S. is like the, the, the strong religious aspects, right? <laughs> Which can be j- jarring. Because in America, I'm like, religion? Oh, I don't know what's happening to it, right? Yeah. So pros and cons, pros and cons, right? But when you, you're right. When you step outside the Western world, you see these like just traditional vials being held. It's just, it's just so nice to see. Yeah, it's definitely something that is, um, it's definitely something that seems like it's missing here. Yeah, it's 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 tough though because we're such a diverse country with different religions, different traditional traditional family values that like we don't have just this one homogenous thing. And I think I think I think our country, from politics all the way down to family values to dating to parenting to a lot of different things, we have to just find this like group of like what is normal for us, right? Like what is what is not even normal, like 
what are we standing for? Like, what are we holistically like, all one accord? We're not all one accord. I think that's the biggest problem. We, we had to find a one accord and then we would find a good group, but that never happened in this country. I, I just don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you know you know what it is it's in, then it's about finding your micro community find your micro community where you can actually um like find people who share the similar values as you and I think that's a strong note to end this conversation I would definitely love to yeah. have you on for uh, future episodes okay your conversations on like various topics but was, uh, anything you want to conclude with before we finish you know to all my girls out there looking for love no, I'll just get a dog. I'll just get a dog, girl. It's gonna be a lot easier. They're gonna love you. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Keep trying. I'm I'm out here still trying, you know, I'm meeting guys and doing my thing, but you know, just focus on you in a healthy, feminine way, right? Like just do you, girl. And that's all I can say to the guys out there. I'm single. That's <laughs> my picture, okay? Let's let them know. I'm just joking. Yeah. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. No, that's it. <laughs> okay. And uh, are you on social media? How can people get connected with you and find you? Yes, at Miss Latoya Sharice Hall on Instagram. That's where I primarily am. Um, if you like my vibe, I be on my stories all the time, and it is like a whole show up there. So you can always hit me up in my DMs, but be cordial, please. Okay, you be my DMs, and uh, we can chat. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Thank yeah, thank you. <laughs> Till next time. Till next time. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Wire to Wire podcast. Be sure to share and subscribe. You can also check out all of my books, including my latest one, Quarantine Thoughts, available at all major retailers. You can also follow me on Instagram at Yusuf underscore A official. Until next time.